بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 27th of november in the year 2022 and to spend a session discussing some of the more important characteristics in the believer's life so first of all envy envy is a destructive sin of the heart in a hadith in tabrani our beloved messenger he said they are indeed enemies for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings the companions asked who are they Ya Rasulullah he said those who envy people for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them of his bounty So look how amazing the statement. The Prophet said they are enemies for Allah Ta'ala's blessings. So how can you be an enemy to Allah Ta'ala's blessing? And it's the one who envies. They look at others and they say, why has he or she been given this blessing? So if they are an enemy to Allah Ta'ala's blessings, then in reality, they are displeased with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is one of the most destructive sins. And not it's a sin of the heart. So when it comes to the blessings, you say, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. And there's a very famous report, the hadith is in Bukhari, where the Prophet said, two are those whom you can envy. The one who recites, i.e. he recites beautifully and he acts, and the other is the one who's blessed with wealth and he spends. So not here the prophet wasn't just saying the reciter and the one with wealth people misquote that hadith they recite the quran and they act upon it because you can be envious of them and the other is who's been blessed with wealth and he spends it in fact the word is halaka he destroys himself by spending because then you be envious of them now why is it important to correctly quote the hadith because some people when they misquote they say you can be envious of a person who's loaded where does it say that because he might be a miser. You can envious of the one who recites beautifully. Where does it say that? It's the one who, and notice the common denominator, they're both sharing. Right? One is sharing his knowledge and the other is sharing his, uh, his wealth. Conversely, fulfilling the needs of others is an awesome deed. Hafiz Zahabi, Rahmatullah, in his seer, 7-189, when Ibn Mahdi, Rahmatullah, took care of Sufyan al-Thawri in his last days. He asked him about the permission of leaving the congregational prayer for that reason. So simply put, Sufyan al-Thawri he was from the era of the Tabatabin, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmad, and he's coming to the end of his life. And another noble, Ibn Mahdi, is looking after him. And he asks him, when I'm looking after you, does that give me a permission to miss the congregational prayer? So Sufyan al-Thawri said, serving a Muslim in need for one hour is better than congregational prayer. Ibn Mahdi found this strange and he asked, who did you hear this from? Sufyan al-Thawri said, I heard it from Asim ibn Ubaidullah 
who heard it from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Rabi'ah, who heard it from his father Amr ibn Rabi'ah, I would prefer serving one man amongst the Muslims who is in need for a single day to 60 years of congregational press in which I never miss the opening tatmeer. So let's look at this. So obviously this is the time of the Salaf and it is a very strange statement. So when he was looking after Sufyan al he was basically asking in a very polite manner, can I miss the congregational prayer? Because you're in need. And he said serving a Muslim in need for one hour is better than congregational prayer. So what was his reaction? Not like, it's me and you, mashallah. He goes, where did you get that from? And then of course, they went through the scholarship, which we never do, because we're not scholars. He gave the chain. So why? Because he knew that the chain has to be soft. I heard it from Asim ibn Ubaidullah, who heard it from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Rabia, from Amr ibn Rabia. So what does that mean to me and you? Nothing. He goes, and he said, I radiyallahu would prefer serving one man amongst the Muslims for a day who is in need to 60 years. Think about that. Of congregational prayer in which I never missed the opening takbir. So what was he really saying? If you do not miss the opening takbir for 40 days, the report says, you are free from hypocrisy and the fire. Serving a Muslim in need for one day is better than 60 years. Forget about 40 days. 60 years of congregational prayers in which you don't miss the opening takbir. <laughs> so what does that tell you? What that tells you is that serving fulfilling the needs of your brothers and sisters is something you can't understand how great that deed is. <laughs> Imam Shafi said about Sufyan al I never saw a man who follows the sunnah more rigorously in whose body I would love to be more than Sufyan al <laughs> This is in Abu Na'im al-Hilya 7-6, Zahabi in his seer 7-192. Now think about that. Imam Shafi said that, not me and you. <laughs> He goes, I never saw a man who follows the sunnah more rigorously. That's number one. Or in whose body I would love to be, meaning I would love to have his deeds. And Sufyan al-Thawri. So he was a phenomenon. And he said to Ibn Mahdi, you're looking after the Muslim for one hour is better than congregational prayer. <laughs> On the same theme, our beloved messenger had said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was asked, what are the expiating acts? The Prophet he said, walking to the congregational prayer, sitting in the place of Salat after Salat, waiting for the Salat after the previous Salat, and performing wudu even in dislike conditions. He asked, what are the deeds that elevate the acts? Aisha said, feeding food to the needy, spreading salam, speaking kindly to others, and praying at night whilst people are asleep. <laughs> so let's look at it. So this is recorded in Tirmidhi, Ahmad, and Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih in As-Sahiha, number 3169, and Irwa Ul-Ghalil, number 684. So there's the Kaffarat, and there's the Darajat. Kafara means to expiate. These things take out sins. And what deeds did the Prophet say takes out sins? Walking to the congregational prayer, 
So that's one of the great ways in which to purify yourself from sins. It also protects you in the grave. Sitting in the place of Salat after Salat. So when you sit after the Fadr, then you wait. That also expiates sins. Waiting for the Salat after the next Salat. Previous Salat, sorry. Expiates. And performing wudu even if it's cold. Darajat, what raises your ranks, is feeding food, spreading salam, speaking kindly, praying at night whilst people sleep. Now what's interesting, the blessed scholars have deduced from this hadith that the expiating acts, the kafara, mostly pertain to an individual's personal worship. But the darajat, the elevating ranks, mostly pertain to interaction with others. So this is why I mentioned it here. Why? Because in the previous report, you got the congregational prayer. That's an individual act of worship. And you're helping others. So which one raises the ranks? And notice in this hadith, it mentions when you help others, that is what raises the ranks. Therefore, what really elevates a person far above others is simply how beneficial he is to others. It is for this reason that the Prophet said, the believer who mixes with the people and is patient with respect to their harmful acts has a greater reward than the believer who does not mix with the people and does not have patience over their harmful acts. This is in Ibn Majah and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah states Sahih in Sahih al-Jami, volume 2, page 1129. So what was the Prophet saying here? Said Allah alayhi that if you mix with others, you're going to get harmed. He testified to that. But then he explained something. If you mix and you are patient with their harm, you have a greater reward than who? Than the one who does not mix with people and is not patient over their harm. So what was he saying? He was saying mix. Shaitan deceives you. Shaitan will say, you're better off not mixing. They will harm you. The Prophet bypassed that. Because that is actually one of the ways to get an incredible reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a slightly different report, he said, The believer who interacts with people, bearing with patience the inconveniences that they cause, is better than him who does not interact with them and does not bear with patience. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad 7-94. Sheikh Shakir in his checking state Sahih. Bukhari's Al-Adabul Mufrad number 58. And Sheikh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in Sahih Sunan Al-Tirmadi number 2638. Sahih Sunan Ibn Majah number 4032. And As-Sahihah number 939. So note, you get immense rewards and ranks elevated if you mix with people. And you bear with their harm. Think about that. That's actually part of the ibadat. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he said, A believer is amiable, easy to socialize. Indeed, there is no good in a person who is not amiable and who cannot be accessed. The best of people is the one who is most beneficial to the people. This is recorded in Daru Kutni. Imam Suyuti in his Jami as sahih 2-184 states Sahih. So note again, the Prophet said, the believer, he looks to socialize. Why? Because he doesn't want to deprive himself. And he then warned, there is no good in a person who hasn't got that quality. Indeed, the believer is full of goodness and constantly benefiting others. 
Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa the example of a believer is just like that of a palm tree whichever part you cut from it it benefits you subhanallah the example of a believer is just like that of a dead palm tree whichever part you cut from it it would benefit you this is in Tabarani and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi authenticates it in Sahih al-Jabi number 5848 and as number 2285 so note the dead palm is just full of goodness you got the dead that come from the tree. You've got the dead uh, branches, which is also used. You get the palm itself, which is used. The resin is taken out of it. Every part of the tree is blessed. And the Prophet ﷺ said, the believers like this. <laughs> he goes, whichever part you could, it benefits. Meaning there's nothing but goodness in the believer. He goes, this is the sign that a person is very close and dear and near to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also there's a report. The hadith is in Tabarani, it is Ausat and Ma'riful Hadith, volume 1, page 429 to 30 of the New English Translation. And this is with regards to being patient over trials. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, Whoever is faced with an usiba bi musibatin, economic or physical distress, and then does not reveal that to anyone or give utterance to his grief, or discontent before people, then it is due from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will forgive his sins. So here, what is being mentioned? You are faced with usiba bi musiba, meaning economic, financial uh, tribulation, or a physical tribulation, but you don't show discontent. That is so beloved, Allah forgives your sins. Look how interesting that is. This narration proves that one may feel grief over a calamity. There's no problem with feeling grief. Hafiz ibn Hajar Askalani, he clarified in Fat al-Bari 16-100, one's grief over what happens to him does not mean lack of fortitude, so long as his heart is not a complaining one. It is said, the one who feels the pain of events and observes patience is better than the one who does not feel the pain at all. So the great Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, he explained this from this hadith. He said that if you grieve over what happens, that is not, there's nothing wrong with that. So for instance, you have an accident and you grieve. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as your heart is not complaining. Now what does that mean? It means you don't give vent, you don't verbalize it. It is said, the one who feels the pain of events, observes patience, is better than the one who doesn't feel the pain at all. So he's actually in a better state than the one who has not been struck by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa grief over the loss of his family and his companions falls into this superior category. Did he not grieve when his family passed? Yes. But was he complaining? Never. When he lost his companions, same. When he lost, and he noticed the Prophet and goes, why is he grieving? And the Sahab asked him that. Why? Because they thought maybe there's something, and they did miss something. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part and parcel of the human being. To be pleased with the decree is an immense deed. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Tabarani Targheem number 1028, Obada ibn As-Samit who said, Whilst I was with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a man came to him and asked him about the most excellent deeds. 
He responded, believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, jihad in his path and an uh, haji mabrur. The man stood up. The Prophet then said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and easier than that for you is to feed food, speak mildly and be good mannered. When he was leaving, the Prophet added, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and easier than that for you is that you do not blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything he has decreed for you. So look how beautiful. The Prophet started with the most difficult deeds. The man asked, what are the most excellent deeds? So he goes, belief, jihad, and hajj. So he gets the answer. But as he gets up, the Prophet goes, this is easy for you. These are also the most excellent deeds. Feed food. Speak mildly and be good man. So he's thinking that's easier. He's walking now. Then the Prophet said, and easier than that, think about that. This is the easiest. You do not blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything he has decreed for you. So a person goes, let me get this straight. Whatever is decreed, I don't blame Allah ta'ala. That's the best deed. Yes. It's not a deed. It's a mark. Well, it doesn't matter. The Prophet said it. You're not physically doing anything. And he goes, that is easier and it's a most beloved deed. Indeed, it is from the best forms of worship to await the relief of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after being struck by a calamity. In Ibn Abi Dunya, Sayyidina Ali, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at the time of a calamity, to wait for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove that calamity is an act of worship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is content with a little deed of a person who is content with little rizq. Look how beautiful. So something happens, Allah ta'ala decrees something. And you do not blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You got no say in the matter, but you don't you say this is all from Allah, alhamdulillah. That's the best deed. And then you're now waiting for relief. That also is ibadat, the Prophet Think about that. How interesting that is. You don't blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are waiting for relief. And yet people, do they know that? Right? They blame Allah ta'ala. Why has he done this to me? Straight away you've lost the best deed. And then they don't even know that they're in active worship. Because what's happening? You say, look, wait patiently. is ibadat. And similarly, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu alayhi wa beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa in Ibn Abi Dunya, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for afia, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this. Know the best act of worship is to await for prosperity after adversity, i.e. the actual time of adversity. So two things the Prophet mentioned here, sallallahu alayhi wa Ask Allah for afia. And this is the famous dua you should make after the azan. Allah me in the asal kal afi da fi dunya wal akhirah. That because Allah Taala loves that. But then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said the best act of worship is to wait for prosperity after adversity. Now he's mentioned is the best act of worship. So combine all this. Something is decreed and is hard upon you. You don't blame Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It's the best deed. Then you're waiting patiently for relief. That's the best deed. So let me ask you a question. Isn't it therefore better that you're struck? If you've got knowledge, you realize that. And this is why the Prophet said, there are people 
who are actually more pleased with being tested than being not tested. This is a Sahih Hadith in Ibn Majah. But you need to explain that. A person because I don't understand that. So if a person, for example, he loses family members, he is more pleased that's happened to him than if his family members weren't killed. Yeah. So a person goes, you're going to have to explain that one. And there you go. There's the beauty of the deen. He's not upset with the decree. He's happy. It's the best of deeds. And he's now waiting patiently for relief. The best of deeds. Those two things can only take place if he lost his family. Bole bale. Right? And that's why we understand why Allah tests. This is kindness. That's why he tested severely who? Those he loved the most, the prophets. So people don't understand it. He said, I wouldn't do that. Well, who are you? And just to add to finish, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, his Hassan, our beloved messenger said to his young cousin Ibn Abbas, Remember, there is abundant goodness in being patient at the time of adversity. Understand, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with patience. Comfort is with calamity and adversity with prosperity. So now we're shocking about this hadith. The Prophet is talking to an uh, eight-year-old. So be honest, you hear that report, you're thinking, I need commentary. Eight-year-old didn't need it. So what did the Prophet say to his cousin? Remember, meaning don't forget, there is abundant goodness in being patient at adversity. Look how he's explaining again. There's too much goodness in that. Understand, the help of Allah is with the patient. Going back to the previous reports. Comfort is with calamity. Going back to the previous reports. And adversity with prosperity. Mm-hmm. Meaning, this is why Allah, because remember this, my cousin. And of course he did. Mm-hmm. So all I mentioned today was talking about some of the more important characteristics, mainly related to one's heart. And note, alhamdulillah, all guidance has been given by the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah, bihamdi, 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 subhanallah,